0: The man in charge of Sonic Motivation for players.
1: DJ Extraordinaire. The official DJ of your Edmonton Oilers. For
0: the NHL Hub.
1: DJ for the Stanley Cup Playoffs. Of the World Junior Hockey Championship. John Hicks. John Hicks. John Hicks, a.k.a. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. A shout-out to DJ Infamous in the building at Rogers Place, keeping the energy up. Welcome to Between Whistles with your host, Johnny Infamous brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. Baseball is back, and the leader in fantasy sports is putting you on the field with a free shot at the millions of dollars in total prizes. It's easy to play. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars up for grabs. Welcome back to the show, everyone. A special Friday edition of B-Dub, post-NHL trade deadline. Thanks for all the support. If you like this episode today, I want you to hit subscribe before you leave. And thank you to everyone for making Between Whistles one of the most downloaded shows every single week on the Hockey Podcast Network. It's been touch and go in the NHL for a couple weeks due to the quick and sudden spread of the COVID-19 variants throughout the Vancouver Canucks organization. I thought I'd bring in a guy today who could touch on what's been going on, but mostly share some fond memories and positivity of his time with the club and his rise within broadcasting and game presentation that is all due to that golden announcer voice. He spent over 20 years in broadcasting. You've heard him as the promo voice of radio and television stations around the globe. In the West Coast sports world, he's been the in-house announcer for the NBA's Vancouver Grizzlies. And for the past nine season, has served as the PA announcer for the Vancouver Canucks. He is Al Murdoch. Welcome to Between Whistles.
0: Great to uh, see you and uh, and chat with you, man. Uh, we're part of the game presentation crew in the NHL, so it's always great to put a face to a name and uh, and chat.
1: Yeah, first off, I don't think we can jump into an interview involving someone from the Canucks organization now without pausing here to just kind of wish you guys all the best during what is obviously a very tough time for the team. A number of Canucks players testing positive for COVID over the last couple of weeks. Uh, North Division rivalries aside, I know everyone in the hockey world is just kind of hoping for you guys to weather the storm here and recover. Cover in terms of you know not only the overall physical health of your athletes but also the mental health of the families friends and everyone at canucks sports and entertainment
0: well we really appreciate that uh getting a lot of love from all over the national hockey league and as a matter of fact other sports as well so yeah it's been a really tough time over the last couple of weeks for the uh for the team they're hoping the worst is behind them and and this really brings it to a human element it really brings it back to at the at the end they are athletes they're 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 hockey players but they're human beings and uh it's affecting them. It's affecting their families. So uh, uh, my heart goes out to all of those affected as well. And we hope for a very, very, very speedy recovery.
1: As do we. So where'd you grow up, Al, and uh, initially find a love for sports?
0: I uh, was born in Winnipeg. Uh, left Winnipeg when I was about uh, six, seven years old. Uh, moved to out to the coast, then moved to Ontario, then moved back to the coast, then moved to Edmonton, where you are. And then back to the coast, um, my dad was uh, in uh, in in business and moving his way up the corporate ladder. So we did move a lot, basically every two and a half years or so. So my love of sports started in Winnipeg as a young age, being a fan of the, uh, the Jets. They weren't even in the NHL yet, but I was a fan of the Jets. Bobby Hall was playing for them at the time. And then, of course, when we moved out here to the coast, my love of uh, Vancouver sports teams uh, really was ingrained and uh, has really never left. Even when I lived in Barrie, Ontario, and actually played hockey with Shane Corson as a kid. I was still a, still a Canucks fan. Uh, I couldn't. I just couldn't uh, let myself be a Leafs fan, even when I lived there, just because of my love for the West Coast. And thank goodness my dad moved us uh, out back uh, to the West Coast, and, and we never left.
1: So when did you first know you wanted to be on the mic and use your voice as a profession, and uh, where'd you eventually go to school to hone those skills?
0: probably when i was about six years old Uh, my dad uh, worked for canadian general electric so he would bring all the new gadgets home uh you know stereos and back then transistor radios state of the art i had an instant attraction to that medium i felt that that voice that was coming out of that little transistor speaker was speaking directly to me so even as a six-year-old kid i got it Uh, Graduated high school and then bugged a local radio station. Basically, every second day for four weeks until they gave me a job. And I became an operator, you know, at 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 one of the local stations here in Vancouver, CKNW. Then uh, ended up going to 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 BCIT. Stayed there. It's a two year course, but stayed there for a year. Was lucky enough to get a job after my first year, so I didn't have to go back to uh, to second year. But. Um, yeah, so I mean, it was it was a love of broadcasting. It was a love of communicating that uh, that that I really enjoyed. So uh, I, I'm I'm very fortunate to being able to do it for as long as I have.
1: So, who were some of your sources of inspiration for you in broadcasting when you were younger and coming up?
0: Oh, I think it was probably, because I got hired at CKNW, it was the radio station that my parents listened to. Um, so it was the big news powerhouse, news and information station. They also, back then, had the broadcast rights to the Vancouver Canucks. You know, I, I looked up to the people that were that were there, some of the big voices, some of the big personalities, uh, Frosty Forrest, Big Al Davidson, sportcaster, Neil McRae, uh, Rick Honey, Dave McCormick, the, the legendary Red Robinson. I ended up producing his uh, reunion show, which was a big show. And then also John Ashbridge, who, of course, was a a, a a newscaster for many years at CKNW, but also ended up being the uh, public address announcer for the Canucks, Started in 1987, and then I started uh, sharing the role with him back in 2010, 2011. So we got to know each other quite well over the 30-plus years that we knew each other.
1: Now, I know you went on to have a successful on-air and voice career in Vancouver, working at KISS FM, later at Chorus for Fox. That's actually the station Dave Randorf, NHL broadcaster, now voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning, said when he was on this show, everyone wanted to be a part of back in the day. But when and where exactly during all of this did the first inkling of sports PA work Work, become a parent, maybe was an opportunity for you?
0: I was working at uh, then the big 100,000 watt blowtorch, uh, LG 73, CKLG, which uh, you could probably pick up in Edmonton back in the day because it had such a powerful signal. So back when AM radio still played music, a woman that was uh, I was working with, her husband was a local kind of sports promoter, but also in the media in terms of uh, being in public relations and stuff. And anyway, he brought the baseball classic uh, to Vancouver back in the early 90s, and it was an opportunity for, you know, people out here to see the Mariners, the Jays, the uh, Tampa Bay, and I think Detroit, play exhibition games uh, in Vancouver over a weekend. So he asked me, just because we had a relationship, hey, how would you like to do the PA? And I thought to myself, well, why not? I knew the formatics of baseball. I mean, I played baseball, so uh, we did a few rehearsals, boom, I jumped into it, and then I initially just kind of went, wow, this is something that would be really cool to kind of pursue kind of on the side of the radio and voiceover kind of stuff that i was doing because it was live then the grizzlies came to town i ended up getting the job kind of through a back door because i missed the auditions and i had to phone them up in a panic and say listen that's my job man that this is what i should be doing you got to come see me and i ended up getting hired uh, to do the grizzlies first uh, granted only six seasons but it was my first love after radio was was PA. It's a fun job because you get to entertain and inform at the same time. It's live, it's energetic, you get to interact with the fans, and it's something that I'm very, very fortunate to do.
1: Yeah, well, it was short-lived, the basketball in Vancouver, but we all remember when the Vancouver Grizzlies and Toronto Raptors first entered the NBA, how excited Canada was for both of them. You were there for all of the Grizzlies' kind of misfortunes. Was it the bad start, the lockout, Steve Francis... Why didn't things work out?
0: At the end of the day, I think there it was a combination of a lot of things. All the things that you mentioned, I mean, our dollar was, you know, I think it was what 70 cents under 70 cents at the time. Mm -hmm. There were some decisions that were made, I think, in terms of draft picks and you know, lots of things, but I I enjoyed every moment of it. I think the fans that were there and supported the team were very, very sad that they went away. You know, now with Seattle getting a national hockey team, they will get an NBA franchise back in Seattle and I will be racing down the I-5 to watch them play uh, (laughs) because I did as a kid. And uh, I think it's going to be great to have a team in the Pacific Northwest again.
1: It's gonna be quite the commute if you want to be their voice, Al.
0: <laughs> no, 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 I'm I'm quite happy here, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be fun.
1: Uh, so you came on board with the Canucks in 2011, working part time, doing all of the in-game promo announcements outside of the actual calls, alongside legendary John Ashbridge. And your role was expanded over the years as he eased into retirement. Ash, of course, passing away in 2018 at age 71. What was it like in the beginning working there with him, and then eventually? just trying to fill those really big shoes.
0: Well, if you ever met Ash, you, you know what a welcoming, uh, generous, uh, just a, a fantastic uh, individual that he was. We had a relationship going back to when I was 18 years old, just fresh out of high school, getting a job at at, at the radio station that he worked for. So to get a call, uh, from the Canucks when they needed me. They said, listen, John's in the hospital. Can you come down and do tonight's game? It's the first round of the playoffs. And it's like, you know, I'd never done a National Hockey League game before. But again, you know, I understood the formatics. I, I listened to John and what he did. So for the first little while, I just tried to emulate him. And then again, as as he eased into retirement a little bit, uh, we shared the role. And I remember the last year that, uh, that he said, I think I'm done. And I said, well, how about you do the original six teams? So he came back and did those games and and I went to the games and just kind of shadowed him just to watch him do his thing. And I've tried to carry over a little bit of what John did in in his PA work and then what I did in my PA work and, and make it kind of my own. But he was definitely a huge influence and mentor to me and I miss him every day.
1: I know it's hard. It's a tough question, but do you have a favorite game or moment so far that you've been present for?
0: I think we have to go back to the final home game of the Sedins. Uh, at Rogers Arena. Tonight, a Sedin send-off, and it's appropriate to the greatest players to ever play for the Vancouver Canucks. They were spectacular players, have been for years, and they're being treated that way this week in a city that they... They loved this city before the city loved them, and they made this their home. They've been great citizens, and I think it's great that the city is now celebrating them, as they will when they go to the Hall of Fame. I honestly have trouble
1: putting it into words, Murph. Like, everyone knows what they did for Children's Hospital making such a significant gift, but that barely scratches the surface. Daniel, you said you wanted to treat this game as normal. I don't think that's possible. Will you be able to enjoy the moment while the game's going on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the call was amazing last game, and, uh second will be the same tonight.
0: So it'll be a special night, but once the game gets going, we'll we'll enjoy it. As they approach the ice at home for the final time, cheer not only for the two great hockey players they are and the lifetime of memories they have given us. Cheer for two of the finest people this city has ever known, the likes of which we may never see again. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Henrik and your Van They were playing Arizona. They were a part of the first goal. Uh, so it, I think it was 22 from 23 and 33. So you just, those numbers again. Here he comes.
1: Touch to the middle.
0: So to announce that goal and to announce both uh, Henrik and Daniel as co-first stars, because there's a lot of emotion that was going on within the building and the fans and everyone watching at home and, of course, us, because we knew it was going to be the last time we see these two legends play. Uh, Of course, they wrapped up, I think, in Edmonton. You know, that was their last game.
1: What a send off for players who battled tooth and nail for years against the Oilers. Enjoyed great success
0: against Edmonton. The Oilers got the better of them in their final game, but the fans all stuck around. And
1: this is just a great show of respect here in the city of champions.
0: Tonight's second and third star, selected second and third overall in the 1999 draft, Daniel and Henrik Sedin!
1: It's the last time you'll ever see numbers 22 and 33 in Canuck colors. A very special night I was present for here in Edmonton. I mean, the entire hockey world has a lot of respect uh, for the Sedins. In 2017, though, you got to be a part of the China games put on by the NHL. L.A. Kings, Canucks putting on a show in Shanghai and Beijing in a country where, you know, hockey isn't fully understood Steve Mayer mentioned that in our interview, but where the league in China has definitely seen some interest and they're seeking to ramp up excitement for the 2022 Olympics. What was it like working there and how did the fans in China embrace the game?
0: It was fantastic uh, just to go there and of course, be a part of something that you could you know, incubate. Something that you could help grow and be a part of that. To bring a new sport uh, to a new country, again, to be kind of on the ground floor at the beginning was was pretty exciting. We had to do a lot more announcements in terms of explaining, you know, explaining what icing was, explaining what offside was. But when it came down to the game, understanding this is when you cheer, this is when you get excited and all that kind of stuff. It was, uh, it was fantastic. It was a whirlwind uh, trip. I mean, we didn't sleep that much. We were at the rink the entire time. Uh, but that was a pretty exciting, uh, event to be a part of. And of course that led into doing other things with the national hockey league.
1: Yeah. Let's move right into that 2020. If we skip ahead a big year for you, as you seem to be the NHL's go-to voice guy for special events, the league has every year, uh, beginning in January with the winter classic at the cotton bowl. This was the first NHL outdoor game for both the Dallas stars and the Nashville predators sold out crowd, 85,630 fans, second most attended game in NHL history. Must have been an incredible day. Eh, Al?
0: Well, um, you just explained it um, to have that many people, uh, you know, crammed into the cotton bowl to watch hockey. Uh, you know, I made sure and, and, and you know, you, you mentioned Steve Mayer and John Beccaro, uh of the National Hockey League. I love those guys dearly because they really understand that these events are, are, aren't just like one offs. These are really exciting things to be a part of. And they always t- say to the people that are a part of it, please enjoy it. I know it's nerve wracking and it's stressful and there's lots of stuff to get done, but please enjoy it. So I made sure that I took my time and and I wandered around the Cotton Bowl and I sat in individual areas and thought to myself, oh my gosh, I'm at the Cotton Bowl. When am I ever going to get a chance to get down there and do that? So I thanked them for the opportunity to do that. The game was great. Uh, We had, I think, 27,000, almost 30,000 fans from Nashville. Come, You know, a little rivalry going on between the, the people in the stands. And uh, and again, I got an opportunity to work with the local PA announcers in all those specific events that I do. So it didn't take away an opportunity for them to be a part of an event in their city. So it was great to work with JFK in Dallas and the legendary Tom Calhoun in uh, St. Louis. And then, of course, Alan Roach. And uh, in Colorado, the the voice of Super Bowls and Olympics and all that kind of stuff. So we got to see each other and and talk shop and just talk about family and and be a part of uh, some pretty fun events for the National Hockey League.
1: I like how you mentioned John Picaro, senior director of game presentation at the league, because later again in January, he picked you to be the voice for the 2020 All-Star Game in St. Louis. Awesome city. No doubt another stellar event you were fortunate to be a part of. But a different kind of animal. What was that experience like?
0: I mean, it's a signature event, uh, without a doubt. I mean, it is every year. Um, But to go into St. Louis, and of course, we changed the format up a little bit too. New skills competitions. Uh, One of the exciting things was having the women's team from the United States and Canada be a part of the weekend and, and show off their skills in an exhibition game. So, in terms of, of a different animal, it was because you know you have to announce every single player. So you're just rambling and rambling and going and going and going. And then the in-game kind of stuff was left to again the legendary Tom Calhoun. Tom has not missed a game since 1987. You talk about you know people that uh, you know I look up to. He is definitely a guy that I look up to. Uh, again, to to have a tenure like he has in St. Louis is pretty remarkable.
1: Uh, During the playoffs at the NHL hub in Edmonton, the Canucks had a pretty good run. One of the best in recent years, you know, Hughes, Pedersen. And honestly, I was there. They were one of the most exciting teams to see play. Obviously, bittersweet for you as you were at home watching on the couch instead of being ringside working the games. So obviously a little disappointing. But aside from that, aside from the outcome and the ending for the Canucks, what do you think of the entire bubble presentation and this new fan experience the NHL put together?
0: I was blown away by how much work that they had to do in such a short period of time to get that thing going. And then once they did to see what you guys did in Edmonton and Al Stafford and all of the game presentation crew, uh, you know, I mean, you, I know you had, you know, people there from the national hockey league and, and other teams being part of it and also in Toronto as well. We can't take that away from, from what they were doing in Toronto too. but. To, to really see what the National Hockey League did and, and brought in, you know, as, as we call it now, synthetic crowd noise. You know, <laughs> we've, there's a COVID job for you. We've got a guy here in Vancouver, Stephen. He is now director of synthetic crowd noise or whatever it is. But you guys did a, such a fantastic job. It was so much fun to watch. We all say, we need the fans, and we do. We we need that feedback. We have to have fans in, in the stands. But when you are not allowed to, you know, you guys did a, an amazing job bringing that in-game experience to all of us watching TV at home. So thumbs up from me to uh, to all of you.
1: The 2021 season has proven to be one of those It is the most volatile season the NHL has ever had in their history. But let's start with a simple question. It's one I see all the time on Twitter. Fans keep asking everyone who's working in these bubbles, and I love asking it to every guest. What's it like doing your job? PA, doing calls, announcements in an arena, and there's nobody in the stands.
0: What I try to do is I try to picture in my mind as soon as I get to the rink and as soon as we, you know, that opening video starts up and I've got to introduce the team onto the ice and then do the starting lineups and and everything else that I have to do. In my mind, our building is jam-packed and the crowd is going crazy uh, because they haven't been to a game in so long. So I treat it as kind of like the first game back for fans. And if I didn't do it that way, uh, I don't know if I'd be able to do the job because you're looking every time you announce a goal, you know, Vancouver goal is 15th of the season, scored by. You want that instant feedback. And then you pause and then the organ goes. And so it's all of these elements that you're so used to doing with fans then when you don't have them, it is really weird. There's no other word for it. It is really weird. But I can't wait for that first game when bums are in the seats And we can hear real voices cheer for our team because uh, it can't come soon enough for me.
1: Al, there might be a lot of young people listening to this podcast who are are trying to get a leg up in sports broadcasting or maybe want to do what you do someday. What would you tell them, or I guess even a younger Al, if you could, to kind of get their best foot forward in the industry?
0: Well, I think the big thing is what you just said. You've got to get that foot forward. You've got to take that step. You have got to be persistent. A, you got to have a passion for it. They always say if you if if you're lucky enough to to follow your passion and get paid for it then you've then you've won. Uh I like you, I think are are, are very fortunate that way and don't give up. It's an industry that will knock you down over and over and over and over again. You got to have a thick skin, you got to be able to take criticism and you've also got to be able to make mistakes. And I have and those mistakes have made me a better communicator and a better voiceover artist and a better public address announcer.
1: I think that's a great spot to end right there. It's been great chatting with you today, Al. Again, I want to send some positive thoughts to everyone in your organization. We hope you guys beat this thing soon and are back to playing hockey ASAP when it's safe to do so. Uh, thanks so much for joining me today on uh, between whistles.
0: It's great to see you. Good luck to you guys. And uh, down the road, uh, I can't wait for uh, an Oilers Canucks big rivalry in the postseason.
1: That's a wrap on another episode of B-Dub. Give us a like, share, comment, and don't forget to subscribe, download, and review us wherever you are listening or watching your podcast from right now. Another six weeks left in the regular season of the NHL, although it may turn out to be seven or eight. Who knows? Stay tuned. Next week, though, we will be talking with a woman who has been part of three different franchises in two different sports, who have won a total of five championships while she was part of their organization's in event presentation. I'll see you next week, everyone. Until then, I'm Johnny Infamous. Be good to each other. Join Johnny Infamous every Wednesday at noon for Between Whistles. Subscribe and watch live on YouTube or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Presented by DraftKings. Use promo code THPN to unlock rewards at DraftKings.com.